Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Live by Live has all of your favorite music and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Just use that promo code podcast one to get a 50% sign up bonus today and I am so fired up Evan always one of my favorite episodes of the year and next week as well when we give our first initial reactions to the reports now obviously we are recording this at 9 15 a.m eastern time on Tuesday March 12th so Free agency doesn't even officially kick off until tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But a lot of moves being reported. A couple running back news, some wide receiver news, some tight end news, some quarterback news. So that's what we do. We get a chance to discuss and break down the moves thus far from a fantasy football perspective. Who do they affect? We know a lot of you guys are in dynasty leagues. We are all over it. Fran uh, is our guy on the College Draft Podcast. Steve Fezzik is our guy on the Even Money Podcast. Evan, you are the guy here on the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast, and your Twitter handle is at Evan Silva. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Can't tell you how much we appreciate and love it when you guys retweet the show. That means a great deal, just like it does when you rate and review the show real quick on Apple Podcasts. You know that's that's how easy you can get you can ask Evan any question you want, even about your specific fantasy team, if you're a dynasty, keeper league, whatever. Just rate and review the show. Take a screenshot, email me, Ross at Ross dot com. Boom, I'll ask Evan right here on the question on the show, which is awesome. You can also, by the way, if you just want to interact with other like-minded people, head on over to TuckHeads.com and check it out. There are some great in-depth fantasy and football discussions with the fellow TuckHeads. T-U-C-K-H-E-A-D-S, TuckHeads.com. 
All right, Evan, let's start with the quarterbacks. And as of when we're recording this, only one really big quarterback free agent move reported, although we do appear to have two different starting quarterbacks now. The big one, much expected, Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They gave him a pretty big deal. I don't really know who they were competing against to give him yeah. that contract. I, I don't get it. I don't think any other team really was trying to get Nick Foles, but I, I think maybe it's just like they were trying to show their respect to him or something. I, I don't know because I don't think any other team was actually bidding on his services. But nonetheless, Nick Foles in Jacksonville, your thoughts on that from a fantasy perspective, obviously for Nick and then the other Jag skill guys. Yeah, it seems like they just kind of fell victim to the idea that you have to have a quarterback on a 20-plus million. You, you have to have your starting quarterback on a 20-plus million-dollar deal. And, you know, that that's that, that's really not the, the way that it should work, I don't think. But that's what they felt, and so that's what they did. I mean, four years, $88 million when you have no competition. It reminded me of Mike Glennon a little bit from – a couple of years ago, like there was really no one else going after Mike Glennon. There might have even been more people going after Mike Glennon there, than there were Nick Foles because there were more teams, um, more teams that were in need of quarterbacks at the time. But we, we never really figured out who those teams were. So it certainly seemed at the time like the Bears were just bidding against themselves. They wound up giving Mike Glennon uh, about eighteen million dollars per year. I think we can all agree that Nick Foles is straight up better than Nick Glennon. Mike Glennon, as we knew at the time, as we know now. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, not real big expectations. We know what they want to be as a team. They want to be a run-first team, uh, a run- and defense-based team. And, uh, you know, that we're, I don't think we're, we're going to see him throwing the ball at a, a high rate in 2019 and going forward, um, I do like the the uh, the, the move for D.D. Uh, Westbrook, who I think is going to emerge as the Jaguars' number one receiver um, for the next several years. And uh, and D.D. Westbrook can go get it. He's a vertical slot receiver, sort of in the T.Y. Hilton uh, vein. And I think he's going to be their number one. Their number two is going to be Marquise Lee coming back from the knee injury, and then Keelan Cole and DJ Chark will battle it out for that number three role. They still need to get a tight end. Their starting tight end, if the, if the season began today, would be Ben Koyak. Maybe they'll re-sign James O'Shaughnessy. Maybe they'll get one of these stud tight ends in the draft. But they still have a, a ways to go. Um, and they also cut their right tackle, Jeremy Parnell, and they need to replace their right guard, A.J. Can, who is a free agent. So they, they have a lot of work still to do. And that mo that monster contract that they just gave Nick Foles, it's going to make it harder for, for this team to do the things that they need to do to, to solidify their offense. They still have a lot of holes on offense. The other quarterback move since last week, Evan, even though it wasn't a free agent move, was the Washington Redskins trading for Case Keenum, who at least now appears to be their starting quarterback. You never know if they'll draft somebody or 
you know, perhaps even trade for Josh Rosen. I, I don't, I, I'm not convinced that they're done yet. But for right now, it appears as if Case Keenum will be the starter for the Washington Redskins. Yeah, and they pretty much got him for free. I, I, I was thinking that the Redskins should just, I mean, they're in such a bad situation with their with their salary cap in general and with uh, the Alex Smith situation is just a huge handicap for the next two years. I was like, I thought that they should just take the next two years off, basically, and, you know, save their money and make fiscally sound decisions, but they're not doing that. They just gave Landon Collins, you know, the richest contract ever in, in NFL history for a safety. So they had no interest in doing that. So, look, if they're going to try to, you know, pretend that they can compete, you know, in the short term, then I think it does make sense to get um, Case Keenum. I do think he's an upgrade on Colt McCoy. So, you know, what kind of a fantasy impact is he going to have? I mean, it's. He's going to be like a low-end two-quarterback league option. And, um, you know, I think that uh, well, well, one connection that we can draw is that he's always been, you know, he came from a spread offense at, at Houston. And he's always targeted the crap out of slot receivers. You know, whether it was Adam Thielen in Minnesota and, of course, you know, in the spread offense, they, have two, they run two slot receivers. So, um, and in Minnesota, that was Adam Thielen. He had his breakout year with Casey Keenum, and last year it was Emmanuel Sanders um, before he got hurt way at the at the tail end of the year. So, you know, the Redskins just lost their slot receiver, um, Jamison Crowder, in free agency, and the next man up at slot receiver is Tw- Trey Quinn, who showed us a little bit when he got some opportunities last year, seventh-round pick out of Louisiana Tech, I believe. Um I think that he is going to be an interesting sleeper now with Case Keenum. I think that we could see Trey Quinn pop up for a 50 or 60 catch season, maybe even more if they show some chemistry. But, um, yeah, I like that. I think if you're in a dynasty league and you see that Trey Quinn is like on your waiver wire, try to get him uh, either through, you know, just if you have open waivers in the offseason or if you have, um, you know, a bidding process at the end of each month or each week or whatever, try to get Trey Quinn. Let's move on to the running backs, Evan, and it's been pretty quiet so far on the running Very. back front. Again, as of 9.24 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman, Mark Ingram, all those guys among the running backs still out there and available. Obviously, we always do two of these episodes, Evan. We'll do the same thing next week after there's a lot more news with some of these guys. But for right now, those guys are available. Before I get to the couple guys, I guess three guys that have signed, any thoughts on, on Le'Veon Bell or just, just the market so far? Yeah, and of course it's entirely possible that like three of these guys are signed by the time people listen to this. But, I, you know, the, the market for Le'Veon Bell has seemed like, it seemed like it's been almost non-existent. Maybe limited to the Jets on Monday, it was like throughout the day, Le'Veon's camp was kind of trying to plant things that made it seem like there was an actual market. Like Le'Veon does this tweet, oh, decisions, decisions, or something. And like like he's got all these you know teams after him. And then 
you know, Chris Mortensen on uh, ES on ESPN drops that oh he's heard that the 49ers are interested in Le'Veon Bell, which doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, and uh, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders are like buying everyone. So yeah, I guess from that standpoint, it kind of makes sense that they might be interested. But man, I mean, paying paying a lot of money for for Le'Veon Bell. <sighs> I, you know, after you've already committed huge dollars to Trent Brown and Lamarcus Joyner and and everyone else, I mean that's going to be tough to fit. You know, especially for a team that apparently doesn't have a lot of cash, does have a lot of cap room, but doesn't have a lot of cash. What does Le'Veon want? He wants cash. He wants guaranteed money. You know, he wants a big number that that he can put out there and and you know, I mean that's that's I guess that's why he sat out for you know a whole year. Um, but I, I think that it's just interesting, the running back market, really no dominoes have fallen except for Mike Davis, um, who, who, by the way, I think this is a really interesting landing spot for Mike Davis with the Bears. The Bears are trying to trade Jordan Howard. Mike Davis is not as bi- like a, a big back, a big pounder like Jordan Howard is, who's like 230, 240, but he is 217. I mean, he's a pretty big back, and last year he was the third down back for the Seahawks behind Chris Carson and ahead of uh, the rookie Rashad Penny. And now he's going to a situation where he is the big back and he can play in the passing game in the same backfield with Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen, Tariq, (laughs) Tariq Cohen, um, Tariq, so... We know that Tariq Cohen is never going to be a guy who get you know averages more than like nine to twelve touches a game, just because of his size and because they use him on special teams and that's just a smart way to play it. So there's always going to be another guy in the backfield with him, and that guy is going to have you know some fantasy value. It's not necessarily going to be consistent, but I don't think you could have asked for a better landing spot for Mike Davis than Chicago, assuming Jordan Howard gets traded, which I think is, is very likely, or that, um, uh, well, and also they, they need to go through the draft and not, you know, take a, like a, a and they don't have very many draft picks, by the way, the, the Bears, because they traded a lot of them, um, and they don't have premium picks. I think their first one is like in the 80s or something. So, it, you know, and, and as long as they make it through the draft without picking up a running back, and I don't know why they would use one of their um, their top picks on a running back, I think it's a really good landing spot for Mike Davis. And I think if you own him in Dynasty, which I do, um, I was very, very pleased with this. I thought he could have been a guy that maybe didn't even get signed until like June, you know, went back to Seattle and uh, fell behind Rashad Penny because the Seahawks wanted to make it work with their first round pick. This was one of the best case scenario landing spots. He goes to an offense with a mobile quarterback. We've seen the impact of that on running games. And and he also goes to a situation where the bears are returning all five offensive line starters. Yeah. And I would just add to that, Evan, they also identified him and wanted him. I mean, there's like 40 yeah. running backs out there. And that's the guy that they said, no, 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 let's get this guy, right? So now part of that's because they probably thought he'd be cheaper or whatever, but that's the guy that the Bears identified, which I really like. And along the same lines, the Chiefs identified Carlos Hyde. Now, he got released, so he doesn't 
count against the compensatory pick formula, although I don't know that one year, $2.5 million he would have anyway. But your thoughts with the Chiefs picking up Carlos Hyde after the Jags cut him? Yeah, um, I actually talked to uh, Damian Williams' agent about this situation. I was like, I thought that this was a, about the best possible situation for Damian Williams. You know, obviously he wants Damian Williams to succeed because then, you know, because now we know that the Chiefs are unlikely to, like, take a second or third round running back who ends up being like, a, a, you know, an absolute stud like Kareem Hunt was. You know, Kareem Hunt was like a, a third round pick. And so you kind of avoid that because we kind of know what Carlos Hyde is. You know, he's been in the league with five, six years. I think he can be very good in a certain role. Um, but he's not going to play as much as Damian Williams. And that's because Damian Williams is good in the passing game. Damian Williams right now is like the, the, the one of the most polarizing topics in, in all of fantasy football because – you know, he has a, a legion of doubters because he was, you know, he was undrafted and he really hasn't been, you know, super productive aside from about a half season stretch. And, you know, he's he doesn't have a big contract. So, hey, if he starts to, you know, not play well or he you know, gets in trouble or he gets hurt or anything, he would be very easy for the Chiefs to cut ties with. Uh, but, man, he plays in, you know, the best offensive offense in the league. He's really, really good in the passing game. And I think he's good. It's going to be like a 70 or 30 uh, split uh, with Damian Williams in the lead. The agent was actually hoping that the, the, run, the, that the Chiefs would not pick up a guy like Carlos Hyde and would um, get, uh, like, use a draft pick on a running back. Um, and then just the running back wouldn't be that good. So then Damian Williams would be, you know, like a stud, uh, like a, an 80, 90% guy. Uh, but I, I still think this is a good situation. I think that Damian Williams is going to be the lead back. I think that I would value him right now in redrafts around in the, in the third or fourth range. See, he's been going in the second or third range, third round range. And um, Carlos Hyde will be like a later kind of touchdown dependent player. But um, I think good pickup for the Chiefs. He makes sense in tandem with Damian Williams because of their skill sets. I think that they complement each other pretty well, um, and it's certainly not out of the possibility, out of the realm of possibility that Carlos Hyde does become a big factor in fantasy in 2019. We know that the, the running back position is very injury propense, um, and. Uh, Carlos Hyde will be a guy worth drafting pretty much everywhere this year. What about the only other running back to sign? Frank Gore with the Buffalo Bills, who also have LaShawn McCoy. I thought that was interesting. Gore going up to Buffalo for his 15th NFL season for $2 million. I would have thought he wanted to be somewhere warm when you get that old with his old creaky joints and stuff. So yeah. he goes up to Buffalo where they're they're stockpiling 30-plus running backs. Yeah, when you get old, you start to uh, worry about osteoporosis and stuff, you know. Like we're, like we're talking like this. Like we're, we're like Frank Gore, same age. We, maybe we should go down to where it's warm, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. But Frank Gore, yeah, geez, I mean, I, I, I don't have high fantasy hopes for, for this situation. I mean – we're going to have to figure out how the 
Frank Gore is the guy who always gets more work than you anticipate at this stage of his career because the coaches love him. He's not, like, bad. I mean, you know, he's not, like, a big play runner necessarily anymore, and he really hasn't been used in the passing game like he used to for, for many years at this point, but he always plays more than you think he's going to. Um, last year was the best example. You know, he, he really never, he never lost the job in Indianapolis. And, you know, coaches love the way that he just carries himself and his leadership and how he, he'll pass block his ass off. And, you know, he's, he's going to end up getting more work than I think that any of us anticipate. I did like their addition of Mitch Morse up front, um, was, you know, considered to be one of the best centers over the last few years when he's been healthy, hasn't been healthy uh, enough, but um, was definitely worth a shot for Buffalo, who last year was trotting out, you know, Russell Bodine and Ryan Groy at center. And, you know, that that's that's not ideal. Now they have an actually maybe good center. They still do need to piece together a few more things on the offensive line, I believe. But uh, but I like that addition for the running game. You ha- This is a situation where you have a mobile quarterback but Josh Allen was hurting LaShawn McCoy by the end of last season because of how aggressive he was running in the red zone. So I think that Frank Gore ends up playing more than, than we expect, but still doesn't make a, a fantasy impact uh, in Buffalo playing behind, you know, the, the second fiddle to LaShawn McCoy. Probably makes LaShawn McCoy really even further, you know, furthermore irrelevant after he made no impact very minimal impact last year in fantasy. Let's get to the wide receivers, Evan. And before we even get to a few of the free agents that have signed, you know, maybe the most notable move or one of them was the Eagles doing a, a pick swap the next couple of years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep. for Deshaun Jackson. That's the deep threat that the Eagles really coveted. I think he's restructured his deal. I saw I mean he only had one year and ten million left in Tampa. I saw something about three years, thirteen million guarantee, but I haven't really seen all of the details. At any rate, the Eagles now have their speed guy to go along with Alshon Jeffrey, their big body, and for right now at least, Nelson Aguilar on the as the fifth year on the fifth year option in the slot. But Jackson, uh, he can still run, and there's a lot of evidence of that, whether it's like the next-gen stats or his yards per reception. He still hasn't slowed down, Evan. Yeah, the the deal, um, three years, 27, and then 13 guaranteed, as you said. So um, I don't know, you know, the the guarantees are are almost always shoved up in the front of the deal, so – it's probably really like a one and a half year deal in, in terms of straight guarantees, but but still, I mean, he's definitely going to be an eagle this year, even though they got him for peanuts and probably for the next two years. Um, and as you mentioned, the next gen stats really support the fact that he, well, just pretty much every stat supports the fact that the dude can still run because he averaged 19 yards per catch last season, and next gen stats showed that he had so the percentage of touches on which he reached 20 miles per hour was 15.4 percent he he reached uh 20 miles per hour on 15.4 percent of his touches last year that was number one in the league 
uh, Tyreek Hill was 12 point something percent, and he was number two. So, yeah, Deshaun Jackson still moving at age 32, coming up on 33. I think he's going to be a four to six target per game player in Philadelphia. Um, I think he's going to be a little bit of a little bit of a role player. You know, they're still going to force it to Ertz. Carson Wentz still going to force it to Ertz. Still going to force it to you know Alshon. Alshon will be the the five to seven target per game player, um, and Ertz will be the you know the 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 seven to ten target per game player. And I think that they want to use Dallas Dallas Goddard more as they should because the dude is an absolute stud in the making. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nelson Aguilar. The latest reports are that they want to keep him, but I'm not sure that it's going to make financial, you know, fiscal sense. He's over $9 million uh, in the last year of his deal. Uh, they can wipe out all that by moving on from him. So we'll, we'll see there. But uh, I think that Deshaun Jackson, awesome move, great move. I think the beneficiary is Carson Wentz. Because last year, with they, they were counting on Mike Wallace to provide the vertical element in their offense. You know, he had 100 air yards in week one. In week two, he was lost for the season, never came back, uh, broke his leg. And, um, you know, missing that vertical element, I think, really hurt their offense. They, they just were not an explosive offense um, for the majority of last season. And now they have this explosive element with Deshaun Jackson. Um, and so, and I think that, you know, last year leading into the trade deadline, they, this is the kind of player that they wanted. I mean, there were rumors connecting them from uh, connecting them to Deshaun last off se- or uh, last season leading into the, the trade deadline, which is around Halloween, but the bucks would not part with Deshaun Jackson because Dirk Cutter and, you know, Jason light were trying to save their jobs. And, you know, they, they, the, the Dirk Cutter was certainly not incentivized to trade away any good players. Um, and Jason Light, you know, Teflon Jason Light, I mean, can't get him out of Tampa Bay anyway. So they, they wind up trading him away for nothing after Dirk Cutter gets fired. Um, and, you know, there, there are impacts that extend to Tampa Bay because last year Chris Godwin was essentially sharing time with uh, Deshaun Jackson in Tampa Bay behind Mike Evans and behind Adam Humphreys. So now Chris Godwin moves up. And now Chris Godwin is going to be like a like a third through fifth round pick in redraft leagues th- this year. I mean, it's he, he's going to be a coveted player. His, his, uh, his dynasty value is on the rise as well. Um, and I think that this really benefits him too. So there's a lot of impact from this trade. I think the big winners are Chris Godwin and Carson Wentz. Let's get to some of their free agent receivers now. And how about a couple of slot guys? Jamison Crowder with the Jets. Adam Humphreys with the Titans, Evan. Yeah, um, Adam Humphreys, you know, I from a fantasy standpoint, I think that this is not a great landing spot because I think that they're going to be a pretty balanced run-first team. You know, I just think that Marcus Mariota has not shown enough for the Titans to really execute their offense and you know in, in any other way 
Um, but Adam Humphreys in real life is going to play a very big role. I think that their top three receivers are going to be Corey Davis primarily on the outside, Taewon Taylor primarily on the outside, Adam Humphreys in the slot, and they're getting back Delaney Walker. So the offense on paper, and they've got Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. So the offense on paper, I think, you know, I think it could be solid. They, they need all these guys to stay healthy. You know, they, they've had a lot of misfortune in terms of injuries, certainly mostly to their quarterback. Um, you know, is Mar- Marcus Mariota ever going to take that next step? I, I don't know. He's, he's been one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league for me to figure out over the past couple of years. Um, I think that there's going to be a time and, and place where he is a, um, you know, a value in fantasy drafts. But it's going to be real, real late. And I think that Corey Davis and Delaney Walker are, are going to be the, the pass catchers here. Who They're going to be the only guys that we look at drafting. Uh, but I think good move in real life. You know, Not as much of a, a fantasy impact. Adam Humphreys. And then the other slot receiver mentioned that you mentioned, Jamison Crowder. I think that he could have a, a fantasy impact. His, prob- his problem in Washington is has always been the soft tissue injuries, whether it's calf injuries or hamstring injuries or, you know, what what are groin injuries. I mean, he's had a multitude of the soft tissue injuries. Hopefully the Jets, um, you know, can help him figure that out. They they made a pretty big investment into it. What was it three years, almost $29 million. So uh, that's a lot for, for a guy who had 388 receiving yards last year, but he's still really young. I think he's always been a really good slot receiver um, since he came out of Duke. Um, he's been very efficient. He's shown some big play, big play ability. He is, has uh, returned punts very successfully uh, for Washington. And I think he's a good addition, man, in, in the middle of the field with Chris Herndon, uh, this, who's going to be a second-year tight end, showed a ton as a rookie. Robbie Anderson outside, they gave him the second-round tender. He's not going anywhere. And their other outside receiver is going to be Quincy Anunua. I think that Quincy Anunua might be the loser in this deal because Quincy Anunua has been at his best in the slot as a sort of like, like, a, like a sort of bigger version of Jarvis Landry. And he's really not been a successful uh, as an outside receiver, and I think he's going to be a, a like a primarily an outside receiver with the Jets now. Um, I think this is a, this is kind of an underrated receiver core on paper, and it'll be very interesting to see. You know, everyone considers it pretty much a formality that they get Le'Veon Bell. The offense is going to look pretty good on paper if the, if that does happen. Um, they also traded for Kalechi Osemele. Um, and so, and they still have a ways to go uh, to to really fix that offensive line. The offensive line wasn't very good last year, but I, I think that they're coming along. They have a lot of money. They paid a ton of money for C.J. Mosley. My goodness gracious, seventeen million dollars a year for an inside linebacker. Um, so, I mean, they're 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 trying to piece it together. We'll, we'll, I'm sure that we'll be hitting on them a lot next week as well because because they're they're going to be involved throughout the entire the entirety of free agency with all the money that they have what about um and by the way i mean with all the money they gave cj mosley and anthony barr and crowder i'm wondering if they're going to get a center and i'm wondering if they're going to have enough like matt paradis and i'm wondering if they're going to actually have enough money 
for Le'Veon Bell with what they gave these other guys. Uh, the other receiver I wanted to ask you about for sure is Devin Funches. You know, that's that's the guy that Chris Boward and the Colts kind of identified, and it seems like he's a, a pretty good fit for getting a big body that maybe the Colts didn't already have. One-year deal, $10 million bucks with some upside. Certainly in the receiver core. Yeah, he's 24 years old. You know, he came out of Michigan real young. You just go down my free agent tracker, you know, he kind of stands out. Like, he's he's five years younger than John Brown. You know, he's four years younger than, than Randall Cobb. He's, he's one of the youngest dudes at the top, you know, in in that tier at the top of the, the free agent tracker. And um, they're taking a one-year shot on him. One year's $10 million with the ability to earn up to $13 million. And, uh, yeah, in, in the receiver core, he gives them – a big body. I think he's primarily going to play outside. T.Y. Hilton played outside uh, over 70% of the time last year. They gave Chester Rogers a second-round tender. So that looks right now like it's going to be the three-receiver set. I know that they want to bring back Dontrell Inman, um, and they should because he was really good for them last year, and he's probably going to be real cheap. But that hasn't happened yet. Devin Funches, I think this is the best possible landing spot for him. I mean, you get to go play with Andrew Luck. This team is very willing to throw the ball at a high volume. You know, they're bringing back all five offensive line starters. Their offense should be sick in in 2019. T.Y. Hilton was, like, hurt for so much of last year. You know, easy to forget. Andrew Luck started off slow. You know, rusty after taking a year off, and it took a couple of weeks for their offensive line to to come together. And when it did, man, it was an awesome offensive line, both from a pass and run blocking standpoint. He's just landing in a good offense. Devin Funches went to a top five NFL offense. Um, he's going to catch touchdowns. He's always had a high rate of touchdowns, like relative to his receptions. I think that that's going to keep up. It might hurt Eric Ebron. A little bit. We can't expect Eric Ebron to score, what, 13 or 14 touchdowns again anyway. But, you know, this could pull away three or four of them. Uh, so that's something to think about. Jack Doyle also will be coming back. That could eat into Eric Ebron's playing time. So as we start to set up for, you know, um, the the heart of the best ball season and, you know, expectations for what are teams going to do in the NFL draft, you know, these are all things to, to – to, to keep in mind, this is going to end up being a very deep offense. I think, you know, a lot of talent at at multiple at or at, at pretty much every skill position, um, even like at quarterback behind Andrew Luck with Jacoby Brissett. You know, they've got two stud tight ends. Um, Zach Pascal is another guy to, to keep in mind as like a depth player in Indianapolis. He showed some things um, as an undrafted rookie. Uh, and then at running back, Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. They they just they they are quickly becoming like one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. It's it's really impressive um, what what they've been able to do, to do in a, in a short amount of time. And Devin Funchess just landing in a, in a very good spot for him. You know, and the the contract has been compared to the Dante Moncrief contract which i think is on point but the situations are very very different dante moncrief was not really set up to succeed and devin funches is very very much so set up to succeed in indy 
Let's get to the tight ends, Evan. Um, there actually was a decent amount of movement in the tight end market. A couple of Bengals tight ends, not named Tyler Eifert. C.J. Azoma stays in Cincy. Tyler Cross, Croft leaves Cincy to go to the Buffalo Bills. So C.J. Uzoma, um, I think, has Uzoma. I is think. it Uzoma? Yeah, I think so. I might be wrong on that one. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, who knows? Um, CJ Uzoma, he uh, he's three years, eighteen million. It's like every tight end is getting a three-year, eighteen million dollar contract. That's just kind of like the template that was set by Nick Boyle. Um, but I think that that you know, I think he, he what he needs is for the Bengals to not resign Tyler Eifert. Because they just let go of Tyler Croft. And this guy has shown, you know, last year, C.J. Uzuma, he showed that he could play every snap. I mean, and they were very willing to leave him in there for, every, like, you know, 65 out of 65. And, you know, he's not a rotational tight end. You know, he is like an actual full-time tight end. He didn't necessarily have a ton of big games. He had some decent games. He, he was a fantasy factor at times. You know, he uh, DFS sites would always price him real low. And so, um, you know, and he was getting targets, especially from Jeff Driscoll. Um, so he was always kind of in the mix. Uh, but, you know, the fact that he has shown that he can handle that, that full-time role, and also that just that an NFL coaching staff showed that it was willing to give him that full-time role, you know, suggests that they trust him as a blocker. They just trust him to be out there all the time. That's that's a good sign. And if the Bengals do not re-sign Tyler Eifert, I think that C.J. Uzoma or whatever is going to be a top 16 projected fantasy tight end in 2019. If you're a C.J. Uzoma dynasty owner, I think that this can be a good situation, again, if they don't bring back Tyler Eifert. Um, because Tyler Croft, as you mentioned, now gone. Uh, he goes to Buffalo. He's, I guess, the leader to to lead the team in, or lead the tight ends in, in snaps in Buffalo, ahead of Jason Kroom. Jason Kroom, more of a pass catcher. Logan Thomas, more of a pass catcher. I, I don't have high hopes for Tyler Croft in fantasy. Uh, has averaged under ten yards per catch for his career. Really was more of a blocker in Cincinnati. Might be a good real life addition. Not high hopes. Uh, for fantasy there and then Nick Boyle kind of same situation you know as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback I think our expectations for pass catchers in Baltimore are going to be pretty low and plus Mark Andrews kind of has that has that pass catching role on lock and Hayden Hurst is likely to be better in year two than he was in year one Nick Boyle going to be primarily a blocker in Baltimore. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, how much money Nick Boyle got. Um, Jesse James in Detroit, Evan? Yeah, I think that this one has a chance to be um, mildly significant, I guess. Um, we should mention Danny Amendola also there, so let's just talk about the offense. Matthew Stafford obviously returns at quarterback. Carryon Johnson and Theo Riddick return at RB. Um, Marvin Jones back healthy, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola in the slot. This team never should have got rid of a golden tape, by the way. 
Um, and then tight end, I mean, Jesse James has a pretty clear pathway to, um, you know, being the starting tight end in Detroit. His competition is going to be Michael Roberts, who I think has just not shown enough so far. Uh, Levine Toilolo, who uh, I thought kind of did play well for them last year. He's still a free agent. They have not re-signed him. Um, he's another, you know, towering 6'8 presence. Jesse James is huge. Uh, has not shown a ton as a pass catcher. Has had some great moments as a blocker. I mean, I think he's been a flash player so far. He's a guy who came out of um, Penn State uh, uh, exceptionally young at the tight end position. I think that his arrow could still be pointing up. We never got terms on his deal with Detroit. Uh, I have not seen any terms. But I do think he's going to be the starting tight end. And, yeah, I mean, he's going to be like a sleeper for like six to eight touchdowns if they can get this offense back moving. The offense was just disgusting in the second half of last season. I mean, averaging, what, like 15 points per game. Uh, they, they need to get their offense back on the move. But I think that Jesse James is a sleeper to, like, you know, a way out kick his touchdown projection. Not necessarily a guy who's going to catch 50 balls, but might catch 40 and seven might go for touchdowns. I think that that's kind of what we're looking at with Jesse James. Evan, you are amazing. I love that. I cannot wait for next week already. We'll have even more deals to break down. I said it at the start of the show. I'll say it again. One of my favorite shows that we do all year long. And now if you even want, you can take some of the information that Evan gave you. I don't even know what football bets they have available right now at BetOnline. Dot ag using the promo code podcast one of course to get the 50 percent welcome bonus but number one hey they might have draft prop bets and based on what some of these teams have done in free agency and how evans read is on it perhaps some of them you know some of those prop bets you could cash in pretty easy on now because certain teams aren't going to draft certain guys certain guys look more or less likely to go higher or lower so that's always pretty awesome BetOnline.ag using the promo code podcast one. Of course, it's also conference championship week in college hoops. And we also have the always terrific March Madness next week. So I know a lot of you guys like to bet on that stuff. Just do it at BetOnline.ag after you use the promo code podcast one. Other than that, love the retweets. Can't tell you how much that means. He's at Evan Silva. When he posts it, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Brian is at RTF Podcast. He's our producer, a voice you hear every once in a while, and that's the first person that usually posts when the show is available for you guys. Other than that, I'm stuffed. That was a meaty free agency fantasy feast here. I think we're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.